Climate change is here now, and the pace of that change is increasing much faster than scientists had predicted. But in spite of this existential threat to our planet, big corporations are still focused on extracting fossil fuels from the earth and moving them to markets where they will be used to supply our insatiable desire for energy. Our current laws and regulations favor this extractive economy over sustainable energy solutions. In simple terms, the deck is stacked against us, but we still have a chance. This is the story of a dedicated group of smart and determined people who are unfazed by the size and scope of the challenge. This is how we can fight the fossil fuel industry and win. And this is Green Street. Even with the reality of climate change staring us in the face every day and the suffering of millions of people around the world as a result of severe weather, a small group of investors, banks, entrepreneurs, and politicians is practicing business as usual, developing and building out new fossil fuel infrastructure that will permit the continuation of the very energy policies that have created this circumstance. The construction of massive pipeline networks across the country for the purpose of bringing fracked natural gas from Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia to export terminals on the Atlantic coast represents the triumph of greed over reason and the victory of a small group of financial investors and climate deniers over the wishes of the people. You would think that folks engaged in this kind of reckless behavior would be scorned by society, that people would say, enough of this, but you'd be missing the point. An elaborate, expensive, and amazingly effective public relations campaign has been waged over the past few years to convince Americans that natural gas is the necessary link to our energy future. Well, that didn't stop our guests from helping to organize a large, growing, and successful, not to mention inspiring, resistance to the fossil fuel industry. Kim Fracek is founder and current director of the SANE Energy Project on the web at saneenergy.org. Patty and I spoke with Kim last week, and we asked her first to tell us a little bit about the organization and how it got started. Here's our interview with Kim Fracek. SANE Energy got started 2010, 2011. It was a group of folks fighting fracking in New York State, and a number of us based in New York City, um, we all, a lot of us grew up in Pennsylvania, and we noted that the Spectra transmission, fracked gas transmission line was, was being proposed to come into the west side of Manhattan. So a number of us got together and we said, we got to shut this down because we know exactly what's happening on the other side of the pipeline. Mm-hmm. You know, many of our family and friends were suffering from poisoned water. People that I know can't drink their water or bathe their children in the water that comes out of their tap. So we worked really hard, and we thought Sane Energy Project would just be like a side project of the anti-fracking movement. We're like, well, let's take a couple of months and shut that pipeline down and then get back to fighting fracking. You know, but that was a huge eye-opener for us. Um, you know, at the time, um, also Occupy Wall Street was starting. So mm-hmm. um, one of the groups that I was very active with called Occupy the Pipeline, we, we sort of worked on a lot of the direct action and the street festivities and stuff to try to spread the word and Sane Energy Project was very focused on like working with elected officials and um, they filed a lawsuit against the Hudson River Park for you know giving up our land for a fracked gas pipeline our parkland. 
so at that time, like, we were all trying to tell the movement, you know, this pipeline and, you know, a lot of the sort of bigger greens that were working on the fight against fracking were like, no, don't talk about the pipeline. You're just going to confuse people. Like, keep, keep focused on fracking and focus mm. on Governor Cuomo and, and then, you know, then we can deal with the pipelines and stuff. And we were like, no, we have to talk about the comprehensive view of all the infrastructure. And that sort of became like our our sort of like thing was um, fighting the infrastructure, the comprehensive infrastructure of fracking. We started connecting with groups that were fighting compressor stations in Orange County and water theft in uh, the southern tier and gas storage in Seneca Lake region. And we sort of all got together and we said, you know, hey, we're all dealing with the, the ancillary infrastructure of of fracking, of the drilling, so let's all get together and talk, and we did. And that's when we all decided to make this big map of the comprehensive view of the fracking infrastructure, and we call it the You Are Here map um, that you can see online. It's um, interactive and online and shows you the comprehensive view of what the fracking industry is actually, how they view our region, how they're actually seeing our region as a place to, you know, dig, dump, burn, and sell to a market rather than places where we spend time with our families, where we build a home, where we grow our food, you know, where we build our businesses. Um, and so there's already like a very different value system be- between the extractive economy and ecological and social justice economy that could flourish, that values all life on planet Earth. So, you know, we just started really focusing on infrastructure and really building community power through networking throughout the region. So, yeah, I mean, our, our main mission is, you know, to make sure to shut down all fracked gas infrastructure, mm-hmm. build, you know, publicly owned, uh, sustainable energy, and, you know, always be building those, every campaign that we do with a lens of racial and economic justice. Wow, this is a, a, a very ambitious, ambitious goal. I, yeah. I, we, we know about you. We have worked on these issues for years and years and years. Um, I think what you did, which was to combine the two, was critically important. And I'm sorry that we really didn't act as a, um, as a as a, a united group to do that because of course yes we we banned fracking but then the infrastructure going through New York state and and other states you know from uh from this is just uh is n- another whole another whole problem and that's what you're doing yeah. right now well everybody's catching up now so you know everybody's throwing down to fight pipelines we've, you know we've seen some incredible victories based on community organizing and, you know, people power. So I, I think that we're doing a great job in New York. We're fortunate here that we have a very different political landscape than, you know, my family that lives in, in, in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you tell know, me. My mom has a, has a fracked gas pipeline going a quarter mile away from her house, taking mm. fracked gas liquids to a plastics manufacturer overseas. Oh, my God. And, you know, their water is damaged. Um, you know, that's my mom. <laughs> So yeah. it's like, uh, and, you know, the governor just keeps turning a blind eye and keeps letting them work, keeps letting them, you know, you know, the DEP and PA keeps slapping them with fines. Um, this is like uh, energy transfer partners. And, you know, and they just uh, factor in the cost of the fines. Sure. It's the cost of doing you know? business. The cost mm-hmm. of doing business. Yeah. 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 
tell me a little bit about um, the Williams Pipeline victory, because you were very much involved in that, and that was a big deal. Yeah, um, it's a huge victory for people in the entire, you know, downstate region of New York and globally for for climate reasons. Um, This was an enormous triple state Fox gas pipeline that was being proposed to go from Pennsylvania through New Jersey under the New York Harbor and then plug into uh, off the coast of the Rockaways, um, which is my favorite beach in New York City. That's where I go um, Mm. to go to the beach. And a lot of my friends live there and surf there. So we, yeah, I mean, we caught wind of it from the New York, New Jersey Baykeeper folks probably over three years ago, and we started chit-chatting with them, and I said, you know, we, can we get a meeting together? And so we went to the Brooklyn Commons, and we invited a bunch of different, you know, local organizations, and we all sat in a circle, and we learned about the timeline of where Williams was in their proposal, and then, you know, I just said to everybody, oh, we could totally shut this down. Like, <laughs> you know, we could totally shut this down. No problem. You know, they were still in the FERC process at that point. So, you know, we knew that, you know, with the Constitution Pipeline denial and the Northern Access Pipeline denial, you know, the veto of Port Ambrose, we felt, like, confident that we could really win this campaign. But, you know, we, we, it was an enormously full-time, double-time campaign for three years of our lives. Um, wow. You know, we had, you know, National Grid, which is the, was the sole customer to this pipeline was going to economically flourish from um, being the sole purchaser of the gas and reselling it to customers and then, you know, <laughs> trying to build out more infrastructure to charge us. And then Williams because of the Natural Gas Act, they get a guaranteed 14% rate of return um, paid for by us, you know? So it's like these, these companies um, have, would really, really, really going to make out like bandits and on, on you know, and poisoning our water and destroying our climate and, you know, taking us steps backwards in our goal to achieve, you know, a healthy climate. So and abiding by our recently passed climate law last year. It would have gone against our climate law. So we, you know, we had to fight every day. You know, a national grid would pull out, you know, all these different tricks because they knew that if that pipeline got shut down, that they weren't going to be able to, like, proceed with plans that they had already put in place because they thought it was a land dunk for Mm -hmm. them. Little Mm -hmm. did they know that we were really fierce community-driven organizers and we were able to really shut them down. Um, what, what do you think, Kim, was, the, what, what was it that turned the corner on this? What, what do you credit as the most important part of that campaign? Um, well, we actually just launched a, uh, the, the 10 reasons why we won, um, and we're, we're shopping it around right now to get published. Uh, like the five main organizations that made up the Stop Williams Pipeline Coalition Energy Project and Surfrider, NYC, um, New York Communities for Change, Food and Water Watch, and 350 Brooklyn. And, you know, the Rockaway Beach Civic Association and the big 350.org, they were also, you know, great allies in this, in this coalition. You know, it, it, it's never one silver bullet, as mm-hmm. you all know from sure. the fight on fracking, right? It's, it's a, a series of, like, building community to understand and oppose building community with 
renewable energy developers to show that we have the solutions, working with the New York Renews Coalition to push that climate law through, um, you know, working together with scientists and researchers to, you know, develop reports that did analysis to show that we didn't need the gas and how the cost-benefit analysis that it would cost us more for having more climate-changing pipelines mm-hmm. coming into our region than developing, you know, sustainable and renewable energy and energy efficiency. So it's not, it was, it was a, a mastermind full of many, many different tactics. Um, you know, we were very clear on our goal the whole time is to shut this pipeline down, but it took so many different tactics and so many different changing strategies according to how these giant corporations were playing us and playing, um, you know, the residents of New York and our government system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was a it was a long, strong battle, and we're we're very pleased that we won. We worked really, really hard for it, but we're we're all disappointed that we just couldn't get together in person for a celebration because we <laughs> sure. won in the middle of the COVID. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Down, so. Yeah, <laughs> but but National Grid is not going away. So National Grid has um, has new plans. And uh, as you know, they're um, they're proposing to bring down this pipeline that's coming from Canada uh, and moving it um, more aggressively into the metropolitan area, including Long Island and Connecticut and so on. And now they want to set up these uh, these large terminals or stations for compressed natural gas and ELP and um, liquid propane. Is that what that is? So are you involved in that fight? Because that is, uh, that's kind of their answer to you shutting down the pipeline is to work around it. Yeah. As a matter of fact, what we've been calling their whole plan to make up for their financial losses from Williams is we're, we're calling it their plan B. And we made a web. A, like a page on the stopthewilliamspipeline.org webpage is just backslash plan B. Mm-hmm. Um, and I built a map in there that shows like all of the, the projects that they're building and also how much each of them are going to cost. So there's not only the big, what's called the Iroquois pipeline that comes from Canada and goes south all the way through New York State and then through the Long Island Sound and plugs into Long Island in North Port, mm-hmm. um, they want to expand that pipeline. Now, that pipeline is 35 years old, 414 miles long, and they want to expand compressor stations, you know, which are huge uh, methane emitters and lots of different poisons from, you know, the fracking mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're working together with our friends upstate where they're proposing the compressor stations to, to fight alongside of them because they want to bring that gas down to the downstate market so they can continue to uh, build out fracked gas pipelines throughout Long Island. Um, they've also noted that they want to split this gas with the Con Edison gas system. So Con Ed is in cahoots with them on this pipeline. So we really, we have a big fight ahead of us. I feel like, you know, we, we always say at St. Energy Project, like the corporate utilities are the next, you know, battleground in the climate fight because mm-hmm. they really seek to profit heavily from keeping us locked into fracked gas and national grid, especially right now, uh, knowing the writing is on the wall with the Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act, 
they're now right now trying to jam through three, four, five, six, seven, eight new projects in you know Staten Island, Brooklyn, and Long Island into their market. So they're trying to get those shoved through right now in what is called a rate case. Uh, it's like uh, where National Grid is going to our state regulators, the Public Service Commission, and asking to increase our rates to pay for these uh, major expansion projects. So, so we're seeing energy project has been very, very active um, as um, a party to that case for the last year, really trying to you know blockade them building more uh, fracked gas infrastructure um, alone, but also make building it and putting it on our dime so our bills would get raised in order to pay for this so it's just it's appalling on all levels but there's you know there's projects in in riverhead for 25 million more dollars in new transmission line projects in south suffolk for 42 million the north port project where they would be you know bringing in an expansion of more fracked gas from the iroquois pipeline 272 million dollar proposal um, and then they want to build compressed natural gas stations in Inwood and Barrett and Glenwood Landing and in Staten Island. And then they're also uh, in the process of trying to build a massive new transmission line through Brooklyn, where I live. And they came two blocks from my house uh, with this new pipeline. So they really came to the wrong neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. and we're Just, I was really just going to say that, that uh, wrong neighborhood. That, that's getting pretty close is this is this in what's their justification for this kim is it in are they able to show increased demand and lack of uh, uh capability from sustainable uh, renewable sources yeah i mean they're saying that this is all about uh reliability issues so before when they wanted to build out um especially this north brooklyn part that's near um near my house where i live in brooklyn Originally, they were their plan for that was, oh, the Williams pipeline's coming in. We need a, a new transmission line to bring all this new gas in. Now the Williams has been defeated. They're like, oh, we need it for reliability issues. Yeah, yeah, uh, we have some gas uh, gas reliability issues in Southeast Queens, and you know, it's just it makes no sense. We know that the name of the game for them is to expand a nas- um, an LNG facility. Um, near my house in North Brooklyn. And, you know, that's what they want to do with compressed gas all through Brooklyn and um, up to, sorry, through Long Island. And the name of their game is to just get as much gas into the system as possible so mm-hmm. then they can keep building infrastructure and charge us. And that's how they make money. That's how their shareholders make money. The entire model of a corporate utility is just so unjust. Why should we be allowing shareholders to make millions of dollars off of our rates for energy? Like yeah. energy, sh- energy yeah. is a human right. Yeah. You know, we shouldn't have to pay shareholders for this. Mm. Wow. So let's talk about this virtual pipeline, the, uh, the trucks bringing all of this um, LNG and compressed natural gas into, into these places that you have just, uh, you have just outlined, like... Where's that coming uh, Glen, from? Glenwood Landing yeah. and so on. We're still trying to piece together what what their actual plans are. So right now, I think that they would be wanting to bring in 
gas from different pipelines and compress it and store it and the, on these three sites, the Inwood Barrett and Glenwood Landing. The North Port, they just want to bring in, a, I don't know how much more amounts of gas, but I think like the compressor stations are being doubled in size, are being proposed to be doubled in size. Wow. And then in Riverhead and South Suffolk, they want to build, you know, a new transmission line. So it's a huge you know, it's just a huge shell game, really, if you think about it. They're they're just trying to build as much product, bring as much product in, and then basically tell you that you need it, you know, rather exactly. than looking at the studies that show <laughs> we actually don't. If we, we can meet our energy needs, with especially with, with heating and cooling, and that's what we're talking about here, um, with demand management, and energy efficiency mm-hmm. and installing geothermal loops instead of fracked gas pipelines mm-hmm. or installing heat pumps in people's homes instead of having a heater and an air conditioner that run off fossil fuel yeah. energy. Yeah. You know, there's so many solutions that we have and, you know, they are really, they're not going to make money off of those solutions if it's changing their business model. And so we're here to force them to to change their business model or just really like shut down and let us take over our own energy system. You're listening to Green Street on WBAI and our guest is Kim Frechek, director of the SANE Energy Project. So comment, if you will, on Governor Cuomo's energy plan and his goals for a fossil-free New York by 2050 Um, but also for certain uh, goals that he wants to make by 2030. This doesn't jive with this at all. So how is is the Public Service Commission, which is under Cuomo's control, granting this kind of expansion of this gas infrastructure, which is clearly a fossil fuel, into the the downstate area in, in New York? And I'm sure other places too, but we're particularly interested in what's happening here in the downstate area. So doesn't doesn't sure. Cuomo talk to the Public Service Commission? Doesn't the Public Service yeah. Commission have a responsibility to say to the mm-hmm. say to National Grid and all these other um, gas companies, hey, you got to do something else? So right now, it's important to remember that the, the Public Service Commission has not yet approved any of these projects. So that's why we need people across downstate and anyone who cares about climate anywhere. To get active in, you know, sending comments um, to the docket, which you can do at our websites and making sure to, you know, stay in touch with us, giving Governor Cuomo a call. We're going to be starting a series of, we have the Call Cuomo Mondays. Every Monday we, we feature a new infrastructure project that needs to get shut down. So we're going to start doing a, a four-part series of the different uh, national grid proposals in Plan B for the next four Mondays. So um, that's going to be, you know, another way to plug in is calling Cuomo, you know, sending comments to the Public Service Commission. All of our comments on our website um, lead to both Governor Cuomo and the Public Service Commission. So we have them going, you know, you you hit one button, but it goes to two places. Okay. Um, We also need more people on Long Island to get vocal. We know that, you know, Governor Cuomo cares about Long Island, and we need him to hear from people in Long Island that they don't want more gas infrastructure. People shouldn't be converting from oil to gas out mm-hmm. there. They should be, mm-hmm. you know, 
moving right to heat pumps, geothermal, right. um, energy efficiency. And this is so possible, especially in such a fragile waterfront community that has been already very affected by climate change. You know, the, like you were mentioning earlier, the farms, you know, the hurricanes that are getting so increased now, we can't risk seeing, you know, the beauty of Long Island get, get destroyed because of stupid mistakes by the fossil fuel industry. It's their plan, yeah, and then exactly. trying to lie to our government, you know, that, that that we need this, when, in fact, we don't. I mean, we were, yeah. Governor Cuomo called them out in the fall when they were trying to manipulate yeah. the numbers yep. and right. saying that we right. needed the gas. Well, luckily, we had Suzanne Matei, who did this excellent report that proved hey, you know, actually, we don't need the gas. Why do we need to bring in this right. pipeline? Mm-hmm. It's like so. Mark It's like Mark Jacobson and his colleagues at Stanford who came out state by state and came up with a, a plan to, you know, be 100% renewable by 2050, just using the resources that each state had. Uh, yeah. I, it's, it, we have to go in that direction. We absolutely have to go in that direction. So yeah. I, one I of the think... projects that Governor Cuomo is really pushing right now is, is hydro, which we are very, very against. Um, yes, it's a quote unquote renewable resource, but it would also be coming from uh, Quebec, which right, would right. destroy Canada. the indigenous nations there um, and create a huge transmission system to bring power to New York City. And that just doesn't feel like justice, right? You know, we have to really be imagining our new system to not be just like replacing a giant gas plant with a giant solar plant, but also thinking, how do we distribute the power so nobody gets harmed? And this isn't placing the burden on one community so another community can flourish. And like, we really have to be rethinking about our system of economics and and equity when we when we build our new world, um, it can't just be a replacement for another capitalist world that's run on renewable energy. Yeah, that's, we don't want to change. Not, the, that's going to get us nowhere. <laughs> we don't want to change the extractive economy for the exploitive economy. Yeah, I mean, exactly, exactly. We we want to actually be thinking really clear. And so many people are working on these solutions. We have this wonderful urban um, planner named Walter Meyer that. We've done a number of events with that runs a company that has been developing these incredible um, net zero buildings on, on the Rockaway Peninsula for people to live in. It's, it's just so inspiring to see like this stuff is actually happening. The solutions are actually mm-hmm. happening, mm-hmm. but it's the law that benefits the fossil fuel industry that's really standing in our way. And we really need to change the law and you know implement the the climate leadership and community protection act like right now it's going so slow you know some folks that we know on the the climate action council like the incredible bob Hoarth, he's just like yep we've had two meetings so far and you know we haven't really gotten anywhere and it's like we can't we don't have the time to kick the can down the road right baby steps don't work anymore I know this is not the direction you're rowing in, but my, I have to ask, why wouldn't National Grid, as a simply as a common sense corporate decision, begin to invest in renewable energy and give the community what they want? Wouldn't that be a win-win for everybody? They can still make money. 
Yeah, but they don't have the infrastructure for that. They've got uh, this no, huge I under, infrastructure I, that they I, want I, to I, I understand. continue using. I, right. I understand, but the handwriting, Kim is right, the handwriting is on the wall. And if I'm a stockholder in National Grid, I'm thinking, okay, we better have talk about Plan B. We should have Plan B. Has, has there been any discussion with National Grid along those lines? Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, National Grid is doing a pilot project with geothermal in Riverhead. Um, we did a, a program featuring their project and our Renewable Heat Now campaign. Um, you, can, you can watch the program. Um, this guy Owen from National Grid is, is talking about how they're, they're working on the, the quote-unquote future of heat. They're doing pilot projects. The thing is, is pilot projects aren't going to be getting us where we need to go for, you know, really addressing climate change. And additionally, there is something in our public utility law that states that corporate utilities, um, as part of the fact that they are monopolies, they're legal monopolies in our state, um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they are only able to own the distribution. They are not able to own the generation. So that's where the trickiness comes in with this. So it's like, you know, we don't want National Grid owning both the generation and the distribution because mm-hmm. that would make their power even greater right. than we see how they treat us already. So there is another proceeding that um, opened up uh, in the Public Service Commission called the Future of Gas Planning, and that is just getting kicked off now. And, you know, Sane Energy Project is an active party in that case, as well as many of our allies across New York State where we're really going to be outlining, you know, what the Department of Public Service and what the Public Service Commission needs to be agreeing to in order to build the future of heating and cooling and electricity in in New York State. You know, no more power plants, no more pipelines, Mm -hmm. just no more trucking, no more waste. Um, This stuff is poison and, and killing us. So we're you know, the thing is, is we, we have to work on the, you know, inside, and but that process is very, very slow because the system is not set up to really implement change fast enough. Um, but So, you know, we also do a lot of street actions to raise awareness to get mm-hmm. people involved and try to make it renewable cool, you know, and, and, yeah. it, sure. and it, is sure. a, it is an issue of, you know, environmental and racial justice. Um, right. Absolutely. You know, sure. Yeah. Can, yeah. can, can we... Um, I'd like to just take a left turn and talk about the Stop the Algonquin Pipeline and Resist Spectra, which mm-hmm. is really important and even important, even though it's it's up the Hudson from New York City. New York City is within that 50-mile radius of, of the Indian Point nuclear power plant, um, which has been decommissioned, or they are going to be decommissioning it. But... Can you talk a little bit about that 42-inch pipeline and what happened with the National, the um, Nuclear Regulatory Commission failing to, you know, analyze that site before they decided to construct it within a hundred feet of the uh, of critical infrastructure at Indian Point? Sure. Yeah, we were very, very active in that campaign for a number of years, doing a lot of direct action to shut down construction. You know, we crawled inside the pipeline and sat there for 18 hours when the day they were going to pull it through the river. You know, that is an incredibly dangerous project. And, you know, a lot of our awesome allies from Synergy um, upstate and the Indian, the Stop the Indian Point Coalition, they're, you know, they're working right now on trying to get Indian Point decommissioned safely. Like, you know, mm-hmm. the Nuclear Regulatory Commission is just tossing it off to some really irresponsible company. And there's so much waste there. It's so frightening. So many spent fuel rods 
just so close to this massive um, high-pressure fracked gas pipeline. It's something that gives all of us chills uh, that really know what's, <laughs> what this means and what's there. So, you know, right now I think that the, the most effective thing to do would be shut off the gas <laughs> at Indian Point, and that's one of the demands for Governor Cuomo to shut off the gas. He knows it's dangerous. He's just not budging. It's really infuriating. You know, he should be taking a taking a note from his dad who, who shut down Shoreham, you know, because it was going to be dangerous for the right. community. Exactly. So this is not a joke. It's there, There's so much spent fuel ride. You know, the, the late Gary Shaw, he was somebody I, I learned so much about nuclear and really Indian Point from doing just different events with him. And... He was explaining how the the pools that take these spent nuclear fuel rods are like overflowing and there's nowhere to put them and that's sitting just right outside of New York City and and then well, sticking not, a not to mention, pipeline next door. It's right. just out it's outrageous right. that, and, and, that this would be allowed right. to go through. And not to not to mention Westchester County, which is a fairly populated county, uh, northern yeah. northern county. But uh, they have the support of every state senator who is in both Rockland and uh, Westchester, and they have support of all of the Westchester County legislators. I mean, even even if this was the only issue, <laughs> if this was the only pipeline issue, this um, this would be just enormous and something worth spending your whole life on trying to make this make this you know safe and make this not um, a huge risk for, uh, you know, for millions of people. Yeah, absolutely. It's outrageous that no one's paying attention to it. Or, or that the people that, that could do something about it know that it's dangerous and are just not doing something yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very frustrating. Yeah, I, you know, I would, there, we, we've touched on so many different things here. I just keep thinking <laughs> that, you know, we need to make a... You know, just to, to help the public understand the components of gas and the infrastructure required to move that gas from those, you know, those fracking fields in Pennsylvania or West Virginia or wherever, Ohio, and then into our kitchens and, you know, into our, you know, into our homes for heating. Um, I mean, people just need to know the components of that. What is actually happening before they turn on the stove to, yeah. you know, to boil an egg. Well, that's why the, the you know, I think the fact that, that your group, Kim, identified the infrastructure as something that need, you know, we needed to jump on. And it's, it's so important, the whole cradle to grave situation. And, um, you know, I, I can hear the, I can hear your frustration, but you seem awfully optimistic. Are you optimistic about where we're going to go? I mean, yeah, if I wasn't, I couldn't organize people, right? I mean, I believe in us to change. I believe humans are capable of great change. Um, you know, I believe that we're turning up the heat appropriately on, on the climate issues, on the racial justice issues. I'm seeing change, you know, happen around us all the time. I mean, we just watched all the, the major, you know, sports arenas now you know, mm-hmm. go on strike in support of Black Lives Matter. How about that? I mean, that yeah. is people power, and we're all working together. We're tying the climate fight in with the racial justice fight, with the social justice fight, the economic justice fight. 
this is um, this is a movement to save our world and to build it in a way where everybody can flourish and be healthy and safe. And I'm astounded at the amazing minds and brilliant organizers that I am so privileged to work with every single day. And kind of like sometimes it's easy to lose hope because, you know, you know, we're talking about the comprehensive view, like this map that we built um, that you can go online and see where all these components are and how it's all getting to your kitchen. You know, it's like sometimes you're like, oh, my God, it's overwhelming. It's so big. It's so much bigger than we are. But if you don't try, you know. That's right. You have to, you, know, you, you have to, you have, you have to do to it. You have to keep going. And, yeah. and, you know, it's, it's hard. Like there are days where you just like, it's too much. It's, it's, it's too it's much. Too much. It's yep. too big. But there, almost every day I have to recruit myself <laughs> <laughs> to do this work. Right. And I, you know, I have to organize my own self to be like, you know what? People's lives are on the line here. This is our sacred planet earth floating through space. And, you know, we all have one shot here in this life. If we're not going to do something great, for our planet and our our mother, what what else you know? What am I going to do? Spend my time, you know, going to brunch with my friends when I could be, you know, working to protect our futures? Like, yeah. it's it's just uh, there's so much to do and so many amazing people to meet and such a beautiful world to build. So we can't give up. I mean, there's no there's no way out. Once you get in, the movement's kind of like. Kind of like the mafia, you know. Once you're in, can't get out, you know. <laughs> that's great. Well, once once you know you can't get out, yeah. that's the way I always yeah. think about. It. Once you know, how can you just leave yeah. it and say, "Oh, I'm going to do something else with my life"? You can't. Yeah. But we need yeah. more. We need more Kim Fracheks in uh, in in <laughs> in the world who wake up and recruit them recruit themselves yeah. every morning. I love that line. I'm going to use it. Sorry. That's I'm stealing it. Okay. There's a Brazilian, a Brazilian activist that that said it. My my old co-director Patrick Robbins at Sane Energy Project told me this line, and I was like, "That is so good." I, I love it too. I love it too. It's a great one. I wake up every morning, recruit myself. You've been listening to Green Street on WBAI, and our guest has been Kim Fracek, one of the founders and the current director of the SANE Energy Project. That's going to do it for this edition of Green Street. Many thanks to our guest, Kim Fracek, and our engineer, Michael G. Haskins, and all the other folks at WBAI who are working hard to keep the station on the air. Patty and I are off next week, but we'll be back in two weeks with another edition of Green Street. Until then, please stay safe, stay well, and keep your radio set right here to WBAI Free Speech Community Supported Radio in New York. <laughs>